Hello, and welcome to Lit by Moonlight, where it's not a phase to suddenly feel like you've taken them all for granted all of these years. Today, we are reviewing HBO's The Last of Us with Episode 7, Left Behind. I kind of feel like I want to go to the mall all of a sudden after watching this episode. Literally um, same. <laughs> I'll talk about that more later, but like, I just... The need to be at the mall has never been greater. Yeah. But not like today's malls, like the malls of the... Like the uh, 80s. Yeah, in the 90s. In this episode, as Allie is debating how to bring Joel back from the brink of death, we get to know her before she's infected, attending Fedra School in the QZ. Allie's closest friend and crush is Riley, who has recently joined the Fireflies. Riley has planned an entire night for Allie, showing her the five wonders of the closed-off mall. While Ellie and Riley are spending time together having fun and admitting their true feelings for one another, one single infected remains in the mall. When it finds Ellie and Riley, it bites them both. Riley tells Ellie that they will keep on for as long as they can together as they both expect to be turned at some point into infected. Ellie keeps this memory with her in the present as she decides to patch up Joel with a needle and thread. I'm Caitlin, and every single TikTok on my FYP is Pedro Pascal, and I am okay with that. <sighs> yeah, I feel like that's the place to be. I've never had such a catered and single-minded FYP in my entire TikTok career. The TikTok algorithm said, we'll curate this for you. They are, and I'm okay with that. I'm Emberlyn, and I'm your bad Cinderella. Your bad Cinderella? I'm your bad Cinderella. Oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Caitlin, yeah. what hooked you when it comes to this episode, when it comes to Left Behind? Ugh. I'm in the pain. Uh, what immediately hooked me was I liked seeing the immediate aftermath of Ellie getting Joel to a safe spot after he was stabbed by a bat last episode. Um, I thought that was really cool uh, to see because you don't really get that time in the game it just kind of jumps ahead forward in time um but I really liked seeing that and then um how that paralleled Ellie not wanting to leave Joel behind like she had to do with Riley um was I thought was a really good way to tell that story I just really liked how uh huge of an impact that had on her and how she's thinking of that um in like the few moments that we had of her and Joel this episode though so that was really cool to see how they intertwined all that together yeah because these are the people that Ellie loves most in the world so this is like her comparative moment is Mm -hmm. when you know like things are down to the wire with Joel that's who she's thinking of it's really sweet yeah um about you I don't even know like I (laughs) uh I feel like in the first two seconds of the episode you kind of get a remnant of the last episode of Joel's insecurity about losing Ellie Mm -hmm. or failing Ellie and he tells her to leave him in like the first like two seconds of the episodes and I just remember being like ah (laughs) pain (laughs) like oh no um and then of course when we first meet Riley I feel like that was an immersive experience for me because you immediately just their chemistry in the very moment that they're together is off the yeah. wall. They have this great height difference. They have this great banter with each other. Um, my partner and I were watching this together, and he turns to me and he goes, they're in love. <laughs> <laughs> and he hasn't ever played the game, so he has no like per- like reference from before this point of yeah. you know who Riley and Ellie are to each other. And I just think that's really funny and, and how – I think that's really powerful how well um, – 
Riley and Ellie's relationship translates to the big screen. That's something yeah. that someone who has never played the game before would notice right off the cuff. So um, I love that. Very well done. I loved how you could just immediately get a sense of what their relationship was like within like the one conversation that they had. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're besties. We know them. <laughs> they're besties and they're also maybe in love. We love that. Yes, um, we love that for them. Did you have a favorite quote? I liked uh toward the end of the episode when riley is talking about her new place with the fireflies Mm -hmm. and she says um i mattered to them and ellie says you mattered to me first um because riley is really the only person in ellie's life um while she's in fedra school she doesn't have any parents doesn't seem like she has very many friends in Mm -hmm. fedra school Riley is her closest friend and also um, basically this person she loves. So it's it's such a uh, sweet and soft and also very heartbreaking moment because it's essentially um, Ellie losing someone who she loves. And we remember in the last episode when Ellie talks a little bit about how everyone in her life has either died or left her yeah. um, when she's fighting with Joel. So... Um, this is, I think, um, just, like, a, a wonderfully sad example of that. Yep. <laughs> just pain. Um, and then I have an honorable mention, and that's for when um, Ellie is talking with the Fedra officer who runs the school. And uh, he says, Bethany's in the infirmary with 15 stitches. Bethany being the girl that Ellie started to fight with in the very beginning <laughs> yeah. of the episode. Though I, I would argue she didn't really start it. Um, and Ellie goes, good. And I just, <laughs> yeah. Ellie just gives no fucks. She, she does doesn't not care. She, I love her. She's, she's so small. And this is something they talk a lot about in the podcast is how Bella Ramsey is so small. And yet, yeah, I think when you're smaller, people underestimate you. They don't expect as much from you. And yet mm-hmm. here is Ellie able to hold her own, even without Riley around who is like way taller than her mm-hmm. um and i love that I, I think that's like a great characteristic i think ellie as a character has a spiciness that's so um alluring so mm-hmm. i love that we see that come out when she's in federal school like she's always just been like this i she's she's always been that bitch which i respect <laughs> yeah she has um how about you <laughs> um i have a few uh, a couple were the same as yours with the whole you matter to me first that made me I was already crying, but that just kind of just made the tears just keep on coming faster. <laughs> um, yes. The first one I want to point out is when um, Riley shows, now that she's been with the Fireflies, that she has a gun. And oh, yeah. Ellie immediately is like, can I hold your gun? Because <laughs> like, she just yeah. has like this, this ongoing like fascination and also just like wanting to have a gun throughout this entire series is just like it's concerning but it's also so hilarious because right um in this world that she lives in like she kind of has to have one for protection and just the her just like in the insistence with joel being like can i have one hey i i can help you if you give me a gun and then just the whole like nod to that with riley of just asking to hold it and just the way she like (laughs) cradles it i don't know i just thought that was really funny to me and then uh, I also just really want to give a shout out to we can be all poetic and lose our minds together because it just that made me lose my mind mm-hmm. again. And it mm-hmm. uh, it just it hurts because it could have been such a good and poetic ending for the both of them. But the fact that only one of them actually turns is just all the more heartbreaking to think about like what 
Ellie might had to have gone through like after yeah pain ow <laughs> owie gazawi again you think we would be used to it by now but no <laughs> i think it's like part of me is like is the show conditioning to me to be less sad every time but i don't think so because i always like wake up the next morning and i'm like oh <laughs> you like the, the shot of joel like uh all bundled up with his coat and he just like looks like in distress that's how i wake up every monday morning yeah that's <laughs> how i wake up every monday morning too i, I uh, like I, I was i was supposed to go in the office today and i just like couldn't get out of bed and i think yeah. that was part of it like um if i could have described to the person i was gonna meet for uh lunch what was exactly going on i told them that i couldn't get up which is true but it's probably also that i was like traumatized from the night before so sorry it's monday you know what happens on sunday nights now (laughs) (laughs) sunday nights are my torture nights my suffering nights so there's this beautiful scene in this episode where riley and ellie are on the carousel and it's playing like this great like i would say like theme park like ethereal version of just like heaven by the cure Mm-hmm. um which is oh my gosh <laughs> how dare you what a choice um, but uh what is a song that you would like to listen to while you ride a carousel with the love of your life so i put two um mm. because one i'm pretty sure i've mentioned on the podcast before and sometimes mm. i really need to just branch out musically uh the first one i put was something tells me by Valen because the whole Aww. chorus is something tells me I could fall in love with you and it's just got like such like a gentle like sound to it and I just feel like it's just so sweet and like like innocent like for Riley and Ellie's like love between each other um but I also just for the fact that it kind of like has some sadder undertones I also added True Blue by Boy Genius oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so uh because uh I love pain <laughs> and uh just uh just go listen to that song it it's so good it's it, there's something nostalgic about it but so painful but also so hopeful because it's like ah, oh, you're the only person I can be myself with and it just it just screamed Ellie and Riley to me wow wow <laughs> This specific episode does a really good job of bringing nostalgic elements back to life in a way mm-hmm. that's so like sad it makes i think the viewer feel like um they've taken things for granted in their lives like malls and i don't know mortal Kombat too yeah um <laughs> and that was what inspired my choices so my first choice was disney girls um mm. it's originally by the beach boys um but i also love the mama cast version just because i love mama cast the song is originally a nostalgic reflection on the early 1950s and the fantasy world of the girls in Walt Disney movies, early 1950s television shows, all of the, I think, and like, there's like a list of of things in the song, like enjoying lemonade and country shade, um, Patty Page songs, like listing all of these different aspects of nostalgia of times past and how um, the, the singer longs for those times because... Uh, at the specific time that the Beach Boys wrote this song, a lot of kids um, who were fans of the Beach Boys were being wiped out on drugs. And mm. um, this was something that uh, he wanted to capture the feeling of with this song. Uh, just this concept that there was a time when people were a little more naive 
but perhaps a little healthier, which I think is debatable, but that was kind of Bruce Johnston's vision when he wrote the song. And I felt Mm -hmm. like it was applicable to this time just because, I mean, in this case, it's the early 2000s and the shopping mall has been wiped out along with pretty much all of society. And this is before shopping malls were um, kind of murdered by um, online shopping. So at the time that this happened, uh, I wouldn't say that shopping malls were in their heyday, but they were probably still like uh, more popular. Real, than they are one now. of the more reliable places to shop if you were, you know, yeah. um, a consumer. So I just really like the nostalgia of that. Um, I liked like the childhood innocence that that scene evoked. Um, yeah. And then the same with um, Robbers by the 1975. Um, mm. The song begins with this great like theme park music that has haunted me like my entire life. Like whenever I think of it, I'm just like. Oh my god. Like it is the <laughs> definition of nostalgia. It would work really well here, but obviously it doesn't have the same significance that I think like um the cure uh or the Beach Boys or even Boy Genius would have. So um that's the only reason I wouldn't think of it this much, but I just kept hearing that song in my head when I watched that scene. So nice. that was another one for me. I love that. So what character would you share the five wonders of the mall with? Definitely Riley. Mm-hmm. Um Yet another character where when we first meet them, we just kind of like love them immediately. Or at least mm-hmm. that was the case for me. Riley planned this whole night just for Ellie and got Ellie the pun book, the second edition pun book. And I also think it's important to note that like Riley knows better than anyone that Ellie would have loved Spirit of Halloween. Like yeah. <laughs> when we talk later in the episode about, you know, we asked that question of like, oh, what would Joel and Ellie have missed from now because of the apocalypse? I feel like Spirit of Halloween was Spirit of Halloween was right in front of us as an answer, and I never would yeah. have thought of that. But it's so obvious. Like the the memes where we put Spirit of Halloween on like different vacant buildings, like <laughs> yeah. Panic at the Disco. Ellie would have lived for that shit, and yeah. so I I love that that's something that Riley knew about Ellie you know Riley is Ellie's first love and her best friend and Riley's also got this great passion and drive in her she's looking for this purpose beyond Fedra school and she has hope and this expectation that the world could be a different place than what Fedra envisions um even if she's young and she doesn't necessarily understand the power dynamic in the fireflies um I just think she's an amazing character love mm-hmm. her miss yeah. her but I'm not going to talk about that because <laughs> I can't yet it's like too it's too, too raw for me too soon yeah <laughs> how about you I also said Riley of course Ooh. Riley uh I just loved how she like you said like had such dreams of a better world and so much love for Ellie and everything that she showed Ellie just shows how much she knows her uh, like Riley knew she'll love the magic of the carousel and the photo yeah. booth and the arcade. Didn't account for the magic moving stairs, but that was just really sweet, a really sweet moment. Yeah. And of course, the Halloween store, like she knows her. And it just made me think of when Frank said to Bill, paying attention to things, it's how we show love. And mm. Riley paid attention. Oh Riley my God. paid attention, yeah, to Ellie, gave her the pun book, gave her a good time, like broke into the coin machine so that they because she knew that ellie was going to want to get into the arcade she knows her she paid attention to ellie she loves her and that's love baby (laughs) so um i really like seeing those uh themes from earlier episodes come back um and i also just really want to uh give a shout out to ellie in this episode because baby girl needs a hug (laughs) seeing her just 
just giggle and just be a little girl, you know, like with her best friend slash girlfriend. Like I, it was just so sweet and innocent. And I just, I just loved seeing her so in love with Riley and just so happy with her. And like Riley was the one person that she had at the QZ. Then um, also seeing her like present time with Joel and her determination of not to lose another person that she loves. Like, again, I loved Mm -hmm. how they um, kind of paralleled that where she's just like, no, where I'm I'm getting any every moment I can with you. We're going to be in this together. I'm not leaving you. And I just it was so heartbreaking. And I just just want her to be safe and warm and happy. That's all mm-hmm. I ever want for her. Let Ellie have a full life with, <laughs> yeah. where she is not constantly um, almost being murdered. Um, <laughs> not constantly experiencing the horrors. Yeah. So this is a good time, I think, for us to dive into our peaks and valleys for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your first peak, Caitlin? Uh, my first peak is the fact that this episode put my waterproof mascara to the test to see if it actually was waterproof and I can safely say that I started crying when the mall lights came on a little bit before that too um and I didn't stop at all for the remainder of this episode and I had no streaks on my face so oh, shout good. out to uh cover girl <laughs> easy breezy beautiful easy breezy beautiful will get you through the last of us without any streaks all that to say uh and I know I sound like a broken record but I just really enjoy that this show can evoke all of the emotions as if it's my first time seeing the story unfold. In fact, I almost feel like no, I mean, everyone probably, even if like you didn't play the game or the DLC or anything, like, you know, probably that Ellie's not going to, or Riley's not going to make it because mm-hmm. of just things that have been mentioned previously. And also we haven't seen her. So like, you kind of know that she's not going to make it, but even that doesn't take away um anything from the story and at this point it's not even like the new scenes that we get or the story expansion that's making me still interested in the show i mean i am so emotionally invested in the story that like i'm not just gonna be like nah watch it later um but it's not even just the fact that we're getting new stuff that we didn't get in the game or new ways to explore characters it's the acting that just really blows me away Every single episode, both Bella Ramsey and Storm Reid were so incredible in this episode, bringing Ellie and Riley's relationship to life. Like, you could feel the tension between them, the longing, the their years of friendship, however long it's been. And the end, when they both got bit, was so heartbreaking because, as I've said before, this show is really just emphasizing the fact that Ellie is still a kid. Yeah. Or like Sam was just a little kid. Like all like all of the children in this world are missing out on full lives and it's just heartbreaking to be reminded that even like I think it's easy to forget that Ellie is only 14 because of how she acts sometimes, but when mm-hmm. those moments show where she's just like she's just a little baby, like that's how I felt in their end scene of just like these are two little girls who was out there to have a good time Mm -hmm. and then it all went to shit so quickly and now they're gonna die and it's the fear on their faces the screaming the crying the way they held each other it was just so so heartbreaking and it just 
hurt me <laughs> so much. Um, and I'm just also just consistently in awe with how well every actor is able to bring their game counterpart to life in a way that's refreshing, but still staying true to the character. And if anyone is still looking at Bella and thinking that they are Ellie, then you're just dumb. <laughs> because mm. I just thought Bella's acting was incredible this episode and it made me cry yeah i i mean the contrast between riley and ellie both processing their bites i think like riley just kind of sitting stoically and crying and ellie like smashing everything in in the halloween store is so like powerful i i felt so connected to bella ramsey's character and I, I, I really like can't believe that somebody this young. She's nineteen, almost nineteen. 19 yeah, I feel like that's incredible to be able to put on yeah. that performance at that age. I couldn't imagine it. Um, just yeah. incredible. My uh, first peak was, and so I want to start this by saying the settings in The Last of Us stay beautiful. Like. Yeah beautiful in their own haunting way um because I don't know if you've ever seen like the videos on TikTok where people they go I think it would be called Urban X or Urbex um they go and they explore abandoned areas oh yeah yeah, um there are a lot of those in the Midwest and in Chicago namely and you get to see old movie theaters and old malls I mean I think that the creators did an incredible job recreating a mall abandoned in the last of us um the mall is insane like in terms of setting um knowing from the podcast the effort that went into creating the mall Mm -hmm. um into cgiing and into doing um visual effects to ensure that the mall was two floors because the creators wanted to ensure that the mall looked like the malls that we remember yeah Um, because theirs was there where they were at was only one floor right I yes. started listening to the podcast, but I didn't finish it. Yes, it was just one floor. So they went about doing a lot of visual effects to assure that it was like two floors. Some of that Amazing. was done on a soundstage. Um, really, really cool. <laughs> um, if you haven't Incredible. listened to this week's episode, I really recommend listening to it because um, they talk a lot about um, the VX for the mall and mm-hmm. um, some of their intentions there. Um, but there's just so many smaller details in this episode that stuck out to me, I think the neon lights both around the mall and in the arcade, mm-hmm. um, the old be back in five minutes note, yeah. um, the overgrowth. It, there's just so much, I think, in terms of the setting to take in. It's so fascinating. Um, this is maybe like the ninth time that my partner has turned to me during this watch and said, <laughs> we are going to get a PlayStation just so we can play this game yeah we already yay. have an xbox we're gonna be those people but <laughs> it'll all be worth it but i, I also i want to touch base on the fact that there's something about a mall like when you ask yourself i mean there's like this history about the mall in the game but like why a mall i think there's this other aspect that really sticks out to me and that's i think the innocence of it all mm-hmm. um the mall it's this i think it's this incredible example of like t- early uh, 21st century, like, Y2K capitalism. Like, this is what, like, when you think of, like, Mean Girls and Clueless and all of the great chick flicks of the late 90s and early 2000s, you think about the mall. The mall mm-hmm. is, like, a, is like a, a focal point for teenagers during this time. And it's 
it's an experience that Riley and Ellie never get to have. So yeah. the fact that all this takes place in a mall is like a recapturing of their innocence. Um, and there's a simplicity to the experiences that they have in the mall that I love. Ellie experiencing the escalator for the first time mm-hmm. and it not even being one of the wonders that Riley has planned for Ellie, but yeah. just the simplicity of it being so fascinating to Ellie is so, I mean, it's so lovely. Um, in the podcast, uh, I really recommend this week's episode. They talk about how the people who love Ellie show her new things because they know she will oh. be interested in them and how it's because she has such a strong passion for an interest in the world around her even going so far as to compare this to when you share something you love with your friend and it's like you're experiencing it all over again for the first time, getting to see Mm -hmm. them enjoy it. That is, I think, how a lot of us at home maybe felt watching these scenes. Um, Will I be going to the mall um, sometime this week? Probably. (laughs) Um, and, And I talk about this more in my second peek, but there's like I mean, the girlhood of it all, you talk about this a little bit too in your first peak, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they're they're girls, they're young children, and they're getting to have this experience that I think a lot of us who were growing up in the early 2000s and mid-2000s might have had at the mall of going on our first date, riding the carousel, mm-hmm. um, taking photos together, going to the arcade, um, dancing, um, giggling after they kiss for the first time. There's just something so lovely and innocent about it. And obviously what follows is horrifying, but I think it's wonderful that for a moment we get to pause with them and see them be children. Yeah. Um, I've been waiting so long for this episode and it really delivered just on that front. Yeah. Um, I also want to note there's something so incredibly ironic about a spirit of Halloween. I know it's just a Halloween store, but I'm I am going to say it's a spirit of it's Halloween, spirit Halloween. <laughs> being mostly intact during the apocalypse. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if any store was going to survive, it would be spirit Halloween. <laughs> in a way, isn't everywhere kind of a spirit of Halloween now? If there are zombies involved yeah. and everyone's dying, kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Caitlin, what was your second peak? Kind of bouncing off of your whole love of the setting of the show, uh, that would be my second peak because, my God, it's just so good. Not even, like, the huge, huge sets. So, like, starting off with the opening shots of the neighborhood that Ellie and Joel are hiding out in, uh, we were watching it, and my dad goes, I feel like I've been here. Yeah. (laughs) We have. (laughs) Like, we've been there. Like, we've all, like, explored that town and everything. And I'm just, I'm so impressed that not only are, like, the huge sets, like, the mall, the QZ, Boston, and Jackson, like, they're all, like, down to the detail, like, straight from the game. And it's incredible and it's accurate. But even just, just, like, the surrounding areas that you don't even have time to explore, but you do in the game, you explore those areas so much. Like, the dam that we saw last episode, you spend so much time there in the game. Or in this town that they're in, like, you spend a lot of time there exploring and everything. But they're only there for, like, a split second or, like, an establishing shot in the show. You still know exactly where you are and for the people who played it know exactly where we are they know the feeling that we're supposed to be having and it's just it's just so well done and I'm so amazed by the set designers and everybody involved in it and just like even just the house and the garage that the horse is standing in and the basement that Joel is lying on right yeah. down to the mattress that he's on <laughs> like yeah. like it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> and I'm just... I am very much the horse in the garage <laughs> yeah just chilling not shaking not off ice 
<laughs> yeah, shaking off some ice, just like being like everyone else is experiencing horrors, but you're just chilling. <laughs> I'm just the horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, like specifically the mall was incredible. And I can't believe that that shot of all the lights coming on was VFX. I was yeah. blown away by that. But what really got me was the lighting in that scene and the carousel ride. So like seeing Ellie stare out at the lit up mall was like showing a kid a little magic trick. And Mm -hmm. like you're saying, like showing someone, like watching someone experience something for the first time, it's also magical. And just like all the blues and the purple fluorescent lighting was so beautiful and it just really added to it. But what made me sob, and I was, again, crying throughout this entire episode, not even exaggeration, was the lighting in the carousel scene was so beautiful and innocent and childlike and romantic all at once in addition and then like I feel like the music in that scene was such a good choice because it was so in like childhood innocence like mm-hmm. first love like all all in that one thought and shot and like of the the shots of Ellie looking up at Riley help <laughs> like yeah. it really emphasized like how they're they're just babies in a terrible world and they should be able to go on go on a ride on a fake horse and spin circles forever and go into a photo booth and take pictures and go play in the arcade and play games but they were robbed of that and seeing them be able to experience this and just like have these moments together was just so beautiful and it just made everything hurt so much so i just i really loved how well done that scene was and just how we got to see Ellie just like basically like pining and just looking up at Riley without Riley knowing that she's looking at her. It was, it was beautiful. I loved it so much. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I had a similar second peak. There's this great, uh, um, and I can't believe I'm saying this. There's this great TikTok, but like that's (laughs) a form of media now. And it's a video that the user, let's see, Gemini gal 99. Hey girl. Uh, posted and it's a picture of a park bench and you know how people can get decals put on park benches dedications rather and this one says uh, and she posted it it says um for my lifelong best friend judy from janice we were girls together i have been thinking about that for the past like i don't know three days um and probably will be for the rest of my life because i mean we were girls together. I don't know what it is. It's such a simplistic line. And yet I think it contains so much, not just the complexity of female friendship and also the innocence of girlhood and also the love that women share and how unique it is from anything else in the entire world. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it be in the form of romantic love or um, friendship or sisterhood. Um, I mean, it just like, I don't want to say oh, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this but I don't want to say men should be jealous but they should <laughs> like, <laughs> because I think as much as I love my romantic partner there are dynamics I have with the women in my life that I think are incomparable yeah to romantic love that is, so I don't know I'm just like Wah! but also incom- I don't know like okay I don't know if it, it's because I'm also a woman who has like so many important women in my life but I'm just like I know exactly exactly what you're saying but I can't put words to it it's just a deep deep kind of love yes and it's yes. so special and I and I guess I want to amend my earlier statement that like oh it's it's more complex than romantic love I think that 
like there are inherently romantic aspects of some of my female friendships that I like adore and that Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine recreating with my male partner so like omg (laughs) (laughs) omg girls rule um but all of this is just yeah yeah (laughs) r-u-l-e but with like a the e is a three exclamation point yeah 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 yeah. and the uh, the the i the dot and the i in girls is a flower yeah because why 2k and also why not (laughs) um or it's a heart actually i lied yeah um i think but this is all just to say that i think the contrast between their girlhood, Riley and Ellie's girlhood, and the Firefly Fedra discourse is so striking and tragic mm-hmm. because they were girls together. They yeah. are girls together. And it's really sad to me, as you said, that in addition to having, being able to at least have these very like lovely, soft, not simplistic, but like worry free moments together. And that's another thing that I love that the creators are able to do with The Last of Us is still carve out time for, for love, still carve out time for light Yeah. post-apocalypse. There's still this overarching sadness. There's still this sense that like there are complex things that both of them have to deal with that they shouldn't have to deal with at that yeah. age. And there's like, I mean, there's that's, that's relatable. Like there's some relevance to that. Um, mm-hmm. I have conversations with my mom sometimes where she is constantly affirming, um, which I appreciate, but I also feel sad about that, like, this is the generation, our generation is growing up with some incredibly complex issues that maybe my mother didn't have to grow up with. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot of ways that we can't be girls together that our mothers could. So, ow. <laughs> like, ow. <laughs> so, Oh my goodness. Like, I don't know. I just, I I think that that dichotomy was so striking. I really enjoyed that, that with each moment of joy, with each wonder, because there was wonder there. There was also kind of like an acceptance of conflict. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. Ow. What's your valley? (laughs) I don't even know what to say. Uh, My valley uh, is, (laughs) again, not even really a valley. But um, the music placement was perfect and uncalled for throughout this entire episode. Mm-hmm. Um, during uh, Ellie and Riley's, uh, like, when their first conversation in uh, their bedroom, you can hear on guitar True Faith by Lottie Kessner playing. Oh, my God, um, yeah. Which is the whole thing. Fucking take on me. Like, I... Oh, <laughs> God. So, like, that just... It added so many layers to where that comes in like later on in the story like if you know you know and if you don't I'm sorry that her and like all of like Ellie's like cassette tapes um of AHA was like really cool to see um like her little collection there and then just the way they keep playing Vanishing Grace which is from the game soundtrack Mm. um they played that a lot in this episode and it just it it's music that like they they kind of talk about this on I think it was last week's episode of the HBO podcast that they use music as a way to like bring out those emotions if you if you're not going to see it because it just I mean that's just what music does but like they there's specific music within the score of The Last of Us that are there in place to remind you of like 
loss or certain feelings like they talked about the music it's called all gone and it plays when sarah dies and it played again when um joel thinks he sees her so like you already have that in your head because you're hearing the same music and i'm not i'm not going to spoil anything as to why this music makes me so emotional but vanishing grace has the same idea of like it just has so much so a lot of big emotions attached to it and so whenever they play it it just adds whatever you're watching on screen that much more emotional and like sad because you're just like oh they could have had it all (laughs) you know like it's 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 a lot like a lot of it to me is innocence and wonder and love but also loss because it's something that you just can't have like that's not attainable in this universe so the way that they just kept playing that uh, really toyed with my emotions and then uh, another valley uh is that where this episode ended um was really rude because that means that everything that hurt me the most while playing the game is going to be happening on my birthday next week Aw. <laughs> so happy birthday to me <laughs> what was your valley well first i guess i'll say i love that you talk about the music because i feel like this is something that also comes up this week. The I've Got You Babe uh, yeah. dance scene um, where uh, Ada James is actually the singer. It's not like the share version. There's something so like wonderful about that because it's like a, it's like kind of a fun, happy song, but it's also like a little romantic, but it's also like not so heavy that it like takes away from the moment. Yeah. Um, it, it's like giving them one last moment of joy before things kind of fall apart I really really appreciated that I remember I think that'll go down in my book it's one of the more iconic scenes from the episode and from the show yeah I love that they were able to do that my valley this week is that this dude (laughs) was hiding in the American Girl doll store I know (laughs) like so get out of there. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, the fucking American Girl doll store. Like, Listen, those were hard to get as a kid. He just really wanted to get that, you know, that Julie doll. Uh, there's a TikTok trend where people put on those big fluffy marshmallow looking headbands and go, come with me while I get ready to do X, Y, and Z. It's like an influencer thing, parody. Mm. Um, I think it'd be really funny if, like, uh, it was, like, I don't know, one of the infected, and he puts on one of those big fluffy marshmallow headbands. He goes, come with me to the American Girl doll store where I'm going to find someone. And he has, like, a really hard time finding someone that looks like him because, you know, <laughs> he's, like, essentially a, a mushroom. So I think that would be really funny. Um, but, yeah, that's kind that's of really sad. Funny that it yeah. happened in the American Girl doll store. I feel like the moment the moment I saw the boxes, I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> no, same. Literally same. I was like, hey. And, and just what another way to just like emphasize that like that girlhood is just gone. You know? Yeah. Oh like, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like so many little girls had American Girl dolls or wanted them or just knew of them. And that was such a big thing growing up as a kid. It's just like, which mm-hmm. American Girl doll do you have? Which one are you? Like, do you have the books? Do you have all the sets? Like all of this yes. stuff. And just for like what ultimately ends up being Riley and Ellie's undoing is an infected that is hiding in that store. Mm-hmm. Uh, the essence of girlhood is just, ow, what? 
these creators are too good. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I love that too because I feel like this is a moment you also experience when Ellie and Riley are standing in front of the Victoria's Secret store. Yeah. And talking yeah. about the lingerie. And Craig and Neil kind of talk about this in the podcast how, um, like, this is the brunt of, like, what, I, like, this is definitely before, like, recent, um, queer revolutionary movements um Mm -hmm. toward a world where um women like eventual women like riley and ellie would have been able to get married we're now living i think in 2003 which is a very not it's not that it's not an incredibly openly queer time because we exist and we're here in this time Mm -hmm. as queer people but but like the the mass media narrative is pretty heteronormative and that's why a place like victoria's secret is you know kind of sitting at the brunt of girlhood and i think if you were you know caitlin or i and you were going to the mall in 2003 you would have probably seen which i remember seeing Mm -hmm. um like all these beautiful women models in victoria's secret clothing and thought this is this is womanhood this is it you know so i love that contrast um Oh my god, this episode's about girlhood. We love that. Yeah. Um, also, uh, speaking of the Victoria's Secret, when Allie like fixes her like appearance in the reflection of that, yeah, I, I don't know, just something about it. I was like, oh, <laughs> just yeah. like that's, I don't know, it's just like such a what a what a girl thing to do, you know? I don't know with the lingerie and that perfect the model body behind yeah behind and the reflection yeah. While she's also like being like, oh, I'm with a girl that I like. I want her to. Yeah. Hopefully, like, I look okay for her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that was, I don't know why that was my valley. <laughs> it was like, it I was just like, God damn it. Yeah. Um, but also, and this is so funny because at the beginning of the episode, Vishwas goes, oh, this is a one-hour episode. I was like, good. That means it'll be yeah. long. And it, yeah, fed, it felt like it went by so fast such yeah. that when it cut off at the very end, I was like, I, like, screamed. I was like, no! So did we. We're like, wait, that's it? <laughs> yeah, it went so fast. It's so it unfair. Did. It's funny that you say mentioning or, like, checking, like, how long it is. Because ever since that one 45-minute episode, every episode since, I'm like, how long is it? How long is it? <laughs> like, oh, how good, long should I prepare to be disappointed for? Yeah, because, like, I just, I, wa- I want this show to go on forever, but, like, I know it can't. But I also, like, knowing the game, I'm like, all right, how much are we going to fit into this episode? So when it's, I'm like, if it's over 45 minutes, I'm like, good, okay, we're going to have a lot of time. And then those 60 minutes go by and you're like, what? that was 10 seconds. Come back. <laughs> like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. Not cool. Um, <laughs> not, not cool. Each, I would, I think I'll only truly ever be happy when they start making these episodes, like, two hours long. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I want like, Stranger Things film. did it. <laughs> yeah, it come on. Yeah, Stranger Things did do it, and I, I remember. I was there. I used up most of my Friday. Um, <laughs> we talked about this earlier. It's time to revisit what thing you're the saddest about that Joel and mm-hmm. Ellie missed because of the apocalypse this week. Yeah, so this week, uh, just watching how enthralled with the mall that Ellie was, um, I think she would have had her little mind blown by an amusement park. Uh. And instead of thinking about um, how sad this episode um, was and ended, I'm just thinking about uh, like Joel taking Ellie to an amusement park and having the time of their lives. And also um, Riley is there because she is alive and also Sarah is there because she is alive. Everyone lives. And so are Henry and so are Sam and Bill and Frank, even though they probably wouldn't go to an amusement park, but they're there too because they're alive and they're happy. (laughs) 
every single person who deserves to be and alive Tess. is alive. Tess yeah. is also there. <laughs> in this in this world that Caitlin <laughs> created. Your world sounds pretty cool. I feel like yeah, you I should feel come like on I want to go there instead of... Yeah, you want to go to there? Yeah, I want to go to there. All right, um, come on over. It's, it's funny, too, because, like, I feel like this episode has once again reminded us of all the things we take for granted. Yeah. I don't know. The last time I I went to both a mall and an amusement park, I was like, this is the worst experience I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. And it makes me want to revisit those moments and maybe find the joy in them. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Thinking about the mall that is in my in my <laughs> community, I'm 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 on the I'm fence. Good. Like, I don't know yeah, if it's no, possible <laughs> to recreate that experience. <laughs> But I do slightly, I do find myself hungering for, like, the mall of the mid-2000s when, like, you could go to Claire's and get your ears pierced or go to Libby yeah. Lou's or Build-A-Bear and then, like, go see Twilight mm-hmm. and, like, I don't know, live your best life. Yeah. Um, and then, I don't know, speaking of um, amusement parks, I said Dollywood, um, <laughs> obviously, I think. I think, of course. I mean, that's the tragedy of all of this is, like, what happened to Dolly Parton? I know. Is she okay? I like to believe that she's got her own private stock on an island. Like, Probably. Though I don't think she'd leave us high and dry because she's Dolly Parton. So uh, <laughs> she might actually not have survived the apocalypse. But I, I don't want to think about that. Anyway, Dollywood. I think Ellie and Joel would have loved Dollywood. I love that. So, so Caitlin... On a scale of one to five times, you cry this episode, probably. <laughs> I like that that's just our, like, we can't come up with anything else. We're like, we all probably cried this episode. Yeah. Um, hilariously, it, not hilariously, but, like, this, I think this is the most I cried in any episode so far. Like, I cried a lot in all of the parts that, of course, I cried. But there was, this episode, it was just consistent tears. Mm. And, I th- and it's because I knew where it was going, and it was just it hurt all that much more to the point where my dad told me this morning he goes yeah I looked over at you last night and I, I could feel like you like shaking so I looked over and I could just see you sobbing and I'm just like <laughs> I'm trying to pay attention to the show but I'm like is she okay is everything okay and he and like at one point he was just like are you good I'm like yeah I'm fine don't worry about it <laughs> just continue just watch the show like we all know how this is so on a scale of one to five times that I most for sure cried, no one is surprised. Five out of five. I, this will, cons- like, not to spoil the next two episodes rating, but those are probably going to be fives as well, because, my God, this show is so good. I also said five. I <laughs> I feel like, for me, it's more, because I want to reserve my fives for, like, things that make me go, wee, woo, woo. But then it's yeah. like, I can't, like... I can't find any reasons to take away point, so I'm like, ah, this is just a good episode. So there's been nothing, yeah. Another five in my book. Um, I loved this episode. I loved, I loved the girlhood of it all. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, no complaints here. <laughs> no complaints here. Thank you for listening to live by moonlight tune in next week when we review episode eight of the last of us when we are in need there's no dot 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 but you know dot 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 caitlin's gonna cry on her birthday (laughs) yeah dot 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 caitlin cries on her birthday